1: You've tuned in to the 49ers Rush Podcast, and here is your host, John Chapman. All right, thanks for listening to another episode of the 49ers Rush Podcast, and sorry it's not on repeat, but the 49ers lose another close one. This just, it's just who we are. We have lost now four games this season by a combined 11 points. 11 points, four separate lossers. And it's just kind of who we have been. Now it's it's a rough one. We lost twenty-six to twenty-three. Another overtime game. I tell you what, the, the 49ers are very entertaining. The past couple of years, it's been awful, especially the Tom Sula year and then the Chip Kelly year. Like we were just awful. But this, I mean, we're competing with every single team we play. The Panthers beat us pretty good the first week, but other than that, it's been four straight weeks of a very competitive play. But we lost twenty-six to twenty-three. Now uh, let's get into some happy 49ers news. Frank Gore, he moves into seventh all-time in rushing, and he he's not done. He can go all the way into the top five. He needs 400 more yards to get to top five, and that's going to kind of be where it's going to, to stop this year. I think he can get there as long as he stays healthy and keeps getting these carries. Curtis Martin's number four, and he's 700 yards away, and then after that, there's zero chance there's – Uh, You got to add another 1,000 yards to get up there. But with another 400 yards, he could pass Jerome Bettis and LaDainian Tomlinson, which is just, it's great. Um, I really think he's cemented his Hall of Fame career. And as a Niners fan, it's it's funny, my oldest son is the biggest Frank Gore fan. And so you got to root for that guy. He played very, very well. So that's good news. Now, let's go through and let's break down this game. Um, It was a rough one for me today, so watched it live. I had to walk away. <laughs> I could not go back and rewatch that game just because I was so upset. So I took a break, went back, and went through the film two more times. NFL.com, man, they're taking forever to get their game film up on Game Pass, but that's okay. So let's go through this. Let's talk through the offense first, and the a super big positive and a super negative. Let's just get to it. Positive, zero turnovers for our offense. Zero turnovers. That is absolutely great, and this is why you – want brian hoyer i've given brian hoyer so much flack on this and i'll continue he still did not play well but he didn't lose us the game he didn't play well he played bad but he we didn't lose because of brian hoyer we lost because of our defense but flip side of that he's not winning us the game he goes four for 14 on third down conversions it's it's been our mo all year we are just awful on third down and a lot of that has to do with poor decision making by our quarterback. So, now our offensive MVP, oh man, it goes to Kittle, our rookie tight end, oh my gosh, out of Iowa. He was absolutely wonderful. 7 catches, 83 yards and a touchdown, and he almost on only 9 targets. And one of those targets on the opening drive could have been another touchdown pass, but it was it was a bad pass. It was it was an absolutely terrible pass from Brian Hoyer, and Kittle actually caught it, but he threw the ball so far out of bounds. Kittle dives makes a ridiculous catch, but comes down out of bounds just because the pass was so bad. Um, He's an absolute beast, Kittle. And he seems to have fixed his uh, issue with drops, which is great. If this stays, man, sky's the limit for this kid. Uh, He's a brick, too. Once he catches the ball, which he's a natural pass catcher, he's got very solid hands. But when he runs into the defenders, he never just tries to go out of bounds. He will lower the shoulder, and he wants to hurt them. Like... You can just tell he's pissed off all the time, and it, it's funny. I went back and watched some film because he reminds me so much of William Floyd making contact in the secondary. Now, he has none of the moves that William Floyd, bar none, had, but whenever he makes contact, his body doesn't move. Like, he is solid top to bottom, and especially with the, the safeties and corners that try to guard him, his body just moves through them. Um, It's very, very violent. And at the end of the game, he just showed how key he is. It's third and goal, less than a minute left, and we go back-to-back targets to Kittle. And he catches both of them, and that last play at the end of regulation was just sheer willpower. Uh, He blanket coverage. Hoyer puts a great throw into him, and he just powers through for the touchdown. It was just awesome. So George Kittle gets the MVP, I mean, the dude just, we get—we got to give it to him. He is, he's a man. He is he is a man out there playing with boys. It's just who he is. He, he's so great. Now, other guys that were just great, Pierre Garçon, obviously amazing eight catches, 94 yards on 11 targets. And he started the game off and set the tone. He had five receptions on the opening drive, and then dry spell, he disappears from the game plan. And this is something I just do not understand. Shanahan who I'm still so glad he's our coach he can script the hell out of a game to start usually coaches will have a 10 to 12 to 20 play game script to start out and that's just based on film and tendencies and basically you're saying we are running these 12 plays regardless of the situation now third and short or third and long we might abbreviate that or adapt out of that but this is what we're going to do almost guaranteed he's as good as they get there but once the script is gone, things get dicey and we forget who our playmakers are. You have to keep you gotta keep Pierre Garcon getting the ball more often and force feeding him. He catches everything. The three catches that he did not make, none of them were catchable balls. One of them he almost caught one-handed, stopping his momentum, twisting backwards and getting hit at the same time. So Pierre Garçon is a must-catch, and he had this great catch off of another tipped pass. This was one that got tipped at the line of scrimmage, which he still caught and got destroyed and held on to the ball. He is our offensive MVP for the year so far. Uh, The game goes to Kittle, as I said, but again, Pierre Garçon, super, super close. Now let's go and let's talk about our quarterback, because it's hit and miss here. 29 for 46, that's a terrible completion percentage, but... 353 yards and two touchdowns, can't complain. Um, Zero interceptions, zero turnovers. He got sacked twice. Both of the sacks were his fault. One time he didn't want to check it down and just held the ball, got scared, and kind of fell on an under-soft coverage sack. The second time he forgot to step up into the pocket and got sacked 13 yards behind the ball, which was ridiculous on an outside pass rush with zero pressure in his face. So if he would have stepped up, he would have been fine there. But he had 101 quarterback rating. Like I said earlier, we did not lose this game because of Brian Hoyer. We lost this because of our defense. But, again, Brian Hoyer was not great. If we look, I charted all of his passes. Takes a ridiculous amount of time, but that's okay. He had five overthrows and five underthrows. So that is 10 passes. Not just like slight underthrows. These are uncatchable balls based on the position of the pass. That's 10 out of 46 passes that 0% chance... Of completion um, and this is the thing with him he can kill a drive all by himself which you can say that for almost all quarterbacks but he does it on a consistent basis because it seems like as soon as he overthrows something or something bad happens whether that's a penalty a false start anything like that oh man his mistakes compound on top of each other and you can see it in his body language You'll see him kind of shaking his head and make a grimacing face in the huddle. And it's just like, dude, you got to shake that off. I know Aaron Rodgers does it all the time, but he's the best quarterback in the NFL. Like, you're not that guy. You need to just have this attitude of, all right, next play, next play, next play. And you've got to keep that attitude going. He almost had one interception again, and it's always on this exact same combination route. It is a slant-slash-crossing route where the backside backer, let's say, Brian Hoyer's looking to the right side of the field, and the right wide receiver is running a crossing route of some sort. Now, the weak linebacker, the offensive's left linebacker, will drop into coverage across. He never picks that up in zone coverage. And so he threw this crossing route straight into the dropping linebacker's hands. Luckily, it was dropped, but it should have been picked off. And this is Brian Hoyer. He's got three interceptions in this exact same concept so far this year so hopefully we can pick up on that and probably the funniest play of the day it was a fake reverse slash handoff and he's sitting in the back with zero pressure for about six seconds and then just airs it out of bounds in the middle of the pocket with zero pressure for an intentional grounding call like it was you could just totally basically see him say yeah screw this i don't want to do it um it was ridiculous but anyway so that's That's the main man, Brian Hoyer. Now let's move on to the running backs, where it gets weird. Carlos Hyde, um, eight rushes for 11 yards and one catch for seven yards on one target. Carlos Hyde didn't play well. He definitely had a tough game, but definitely not as bad as being benched. Uh, He was benched, and it was in the third quarter, the opening drive. They do a little toss play uh, to the perimeter, and you can tell Carlos Hyde just wasn't watching took his hands off the toss, fumbled it, fell on top of it. We didn't lose the ball. Um, The very next play is third and long now, and he's he's in for pass, bro. Does a decent job, but he did not see the field for a solid quarter. He didn't come in until about halfway through the fourth quarter. And whenever Kyle Shanahan was asked about it in his press conference, he said, oh, we just rolled the hot hand. And he skimmed over and just moved on. You could tell the coaching staff was pissed off at Carlos Hyde. Now, he was running super hard the whole game. He just got... Kind of clogged up. And where he wasn't doing well, eh, Matt Breda did great. And a lot of it has to do with the defensive scheme. A lot of plays on first down when Carlos Hyde was in the game, the defense would put – the Colts would run a double uh, linebacker run gap blitz. And so what you do is you pinch all of your four-down linemen, all of them shoot to the interior gap, and both of your outside backers are on an automatic scrape to the perimeter on both sides. So basically what it's doing is creating a six-man front where every single gap is plugged, and it works several times. If we would have did a play action off that, it would have been great. But for some reason, like you could just see, they kept doing it, they kept doing it, they kept doing it. They throw in Matt Breida, and they checked out of that coverage, out of that uh, run gap. They basically were not concerned with Breida, and he had a great game. Ten rushes for 49 yards, uh, three catches for 22 on five targets. And he looked good. The future is very bright with this team and this young offense. If we get a quarterback and a better receiver core, we're going to be just fine. Matt Breida is young and looks great. He's very fast and efficient. What I mean by that is he doesn't go side to side. Zero wasted movements. He is straight downhill. So even if he gets hit at the line of scrimmage like Carlos Hyde does, he's he's fine getting that three-yard gain. Where Carlos Hyde's going to try to bounce and all that stuff and get that one-yard gain? That's kind of the main difference here, and it showed today. Uh, He did almost have a 91-yard touchdown run. There was nobody else, and he got tripped up barely and fell down for a 12-yard gain, but he would have been gone to the house. It would have been amazing. Um, Absolutely great receiver. He's very underutilized there, so hopefully this snap count that he got there is not going to stay. Right? We need to get Carlos Hyde the ball more often. But it is great that they have more confidence and are back up running back now. Marquise Goodwin, oh my goodness, he had his best game as a 49er. He had five catches for 116 yards on 11 targets. Now those 11 targets are very skewed because a lot of those were just awful throws by Hoyer. There were a few times where Hoyer just like literally closed his eyes and tried to throw the ball as far as he could hoping for something. And even on Marquise Goodwin's big catch of the day for 51 yards, he was in double coverage. Like, he had a man over the top and underneath him. Goodwin just went up and made an amazing catch. Absolute great. So, great game by him. Glad he's okay. He had the concussion last week. Wasn't sure he was going to play, but he is vital to this offense to perform. And last offensive person I'm going to talk about is Kyle Juszczyk. Uh Three touches for 14 yards and one touchdown on the shovel pass. He needs to be on the field a lot more. He's very, very talented. He just, he's got to get more touches. Offensive line did a pretty good job. Nothing too bad. Uh, some key penalties like Tomlinson had a terrible hold call that killed us in overtime. But other than that, offensive line's playing way above all expectations that we have. So great job by the offense. Um, now let's move on to the defense. Bum, bum, bum. We lost this game one simple reason. We are awful at outside contain in the run game. And so what that means is a running back will bounce it up in the middle. It's supposed to go through the A, B, or C gap. But we clog that, and then we sh- they shoot it outside for a gigantic game. Marlon Mack killed us. Killed us. So just just keep that in mind as I go through this. I went back and charted all of the loss contains, and it's awful. Uh, DeForest Buckner, as always, just absolutely incredible. Um, third play of the game, he smashed through a reach block for a tackle for a loss. Um, it was just – there are so many plays. And if you don't understand football, um, let's just say like you're just a huge Niners fan and you want to understand how great somebody is, go back and just watch the defensive line play because the interior defensive line from the 49ers, namely Earl Mitchell and DeForest Buckner, are exceptional. It's the perimeter that we are getting destroyed. Solomon Thomas had a bad game. Eric Armstead had a bad game. Aaron Lynch had a terrible game. It, it Our interior, though, is doing great, um, and DeForest Buckner was all over the place. Again, definitely defensive MVP. Um, I'm going to give DeForest Buckner and Ray-Ray Armstrong, which I'm going to get to in a second, but Doomerville even came up. Uh, one and a half sacks. He's playing limited snaps and coming in on pass situations, but he's getting to the quarterback. I would have no problem with him playing way more snaps and taking um, Eric Armstead out. I really would. He is just not productive, and our issue is not interior run game, which is what he, I wouldn't say specialized, he's adequate at. We need pressure on a consistent basis, and Armstead's not bringing it. Uh, Ray Ray Armstrong, he brought the energy of our entire defense, and he played faster and more confident than I had ever seen him, not to mention that interception he made in the the overtime, which was, it should have won us the damn game. We should have won the game because of that, and unfortunately, offensive holding, a couple other issues, we lost the game, but Ray Ray played great, and if you go back the first three weeks, um, him and Rashad Robinson were costing us games on defense, and both of those guys stepped up dramatically this week. By far, both of them their best games of the season. Great to see. Um, now, Navarro Bowman, not so much. Uh, he was getting reached and blocked all night. Uh, played very slow, which he's had a couple games where he looked fast, and he's had a couple games where he looked slow. This is a slow game. And there were so many times he was just one step away from making the play, and he ended up getting benched. Now there's some rumors out there saying, well, he had a stinger, uh, it was medical, and I don't think that was the case because you could see Bowman on the sidelines pissed off, and he even said that this was absolutely ridiculous. He should have been out there. So we'll see what happens. Now I will say this. I think next week we get Foster back, sorry, Ruben Foster, uh, who I absolutely love. And I'm very curious to see what they're going to do because Ray Ray has been playing amazing and Foster is going to be the strength of our defense. Now, I hope that it's going to be Bowman and Foster out there and not Ray Ray and Foster out there. But that is a possibility. So we'll see what happens there. Um, He needs to play better, though. Definitely not his best game. And the worst player on defense today was Jaquiski Tart, and it wasn't even close. And a lot of it doesn't have to do with stat sheet. It's not like he was burned for a lot of pass yards or anything like that. But we rolled him up into the box and basically said, we're going to have an eight-man front. And he had zero clue how to stop the run. He, he lost contain five separate times for five separate first downs, and two of those were touchdown runs. So those magic highlights that you saw – where he had outside contained, and you could see him, the running back would act like he's running inside, and Tart just shot inside, nobody on the outside to contain it. And you could see him slapping himself in the head, running down 15 yards behind the ball, because he knew he gave up the game-winning play um, twice. Twice he did. he gave up for touchdowns. But the thing is with Tart, he's a flash player. He is absolutely great whenever he doesn't have to think and can scream down... From the safety position he's not good whenever he's lined up on the line and he's not good whenever he's a single high safety focusing on coverage he needs to not think and just play straight aggressive football from a blitzing linebacker perspective that's it and that's it hopefully eric reed comes back next week and tart is no longer out there because it's two games that he has just played awful and, and if you go back to the Ray armstrong um interception That was all because (laughs) uh, Tart blew coverage. That's why. So Tart blew his one-on-one responsibility man coverage so bad that the quarterback thought it was a gimme touchdown. So he just lobbed it, which gave Ray Ray time to get up there and make the catch. But Tart played awful, awful, awful. Um, Dante Johnson, um, again, probably his worst game, but it wasn't really like he was getting beat coverage wise. T.Y. Hill, just killed him. And Dante Johnson didn't get help over the top from Jimmy Ward, who, again, didn't play great. He Not a lot of blown coverages or anything. He just doesn't flash, which in a single high free safety system, you need somebody to flash. That is a lightning play that's always around the ball, and we're not seeing that yet. Now, Rashard Robinson had his best game of the year by far. He still had some stupid penalties. He had two major penalties on third down that extended the drive, and both of those drives led to touchdowns. Both of the penalties he had were on third down, and he would have got off the field, but it's what it is. I I, 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 I tried to give the guy a compliment, and I'm struggling. Now, it's funny. They took Rashard Robinson out at one point in the game and put our rookie, Akilo Witherspoon, in. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. They threw a screenplay out to the perimeter. As soon as he goes in, you can tell they watch film, basically threw a screenplay out to the perimeter and left him almost unblocked, and Akilo Witherspoon runs and dives Face first into the ground, whiffs completely on the tackle, and gives himself a concussion. Like, he played just a few plays, and he didn't hit another person and left with a concussion. Like, he dove with his head to the ground and landed on the ground. And this is who he's always been. He's very, very scared to hit another person. And he's so scared that he got concussed by hitting the ground. Uh, Just so sad. I really think that's going to be a wasted pick. I wouldn't be surprised if he never plays or makes any kind of contribution whatsoever. Um, My favorite player in the secondary this week was by far Kerwin Williams. He is just turning into an absolute 49er in everything that we want to be about. Uh, Great energy, never misses an assignment. Not to say that his guy doesn't catch uh, the ball or catches go against him, but he was always right on top of him and just a short tackler, absolutely great um let's also Lorenzo Jerome he he got a couple snaps in there they weren't happy with Ward or just wanted to give him a break they send him in there at free uh and whiffs on a tackle for a huge gain and they pull him right back out so kind of bummed to see what happened there uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Jerome goes back to the practice squad after this week because if we get Reed back um, we will have all three of our starting safeties back and that should be good um, Aaron Lynch played so bad he played so bad uh, third and five jump off sides, uh, shoots inside, misses outside contain, uh, quarterback runs through a sack for a first down, just not a lot of positives. He did make a couple uh key tackles in the run game, but again, like that's, we can't be worried about the interior run game. We're getting beat outside. Uh, Solomon Thomas almost disappeared. Uh, he was almost a non-factor. Last week had his best game of the year, and he didn't really flash very much. And first uh, pass play in overtime, he almost had a sack, and the quarterback ran right through his arms. Which, if you go back and watch a Stanford film, that's kind of his M.O. Um, he he is an all-effort guy, and he played all out. He's just not getting the production that we need. So that's our defense. Special teams, Robbie Gold, 3-for-3 three three field goals. He has not missed a field goal this year absolutely great he keeps us in all games victor bolden uh kick returner looked great man he almost took one to the house but got tripped up at the last level uh, we had really bad miscommunication on one of the kickoffs where him and one of the up backs were fighting over the ball and fumbled it luckily we got it but you can't start the ball at the nine yard line after a kickoff return but hopefully they'll get that fixed so a couple random notes before we look to the future gosh man again We suck at contain. It's absolutely awful. awful. Our third down and long prevent defense is abysmal. What we do is, Rob he sends four down linemen, and then he scoots all linebackers back to safety depth, all corners back to safety depth, and then the safety is even further back than that. And so we have four D linemen, and then we don't have anybody else for 12 yards, and it killed us twice. Um, and the announcers were not being nice (laughs) about that, thankfully. I'm glad. Put them on blast. It's a great idea, and basically it's a bend-no-break mentality, but you can't do that and give up a freaking handoff up the middle to bounce outside for a first down. You can't do that. Must be more disciplined. Ten penalties for 77 yards. That's four out of five weeks that we've been in double digits for penalties. That is unacceptable and poorly coached. Now the one thing I will say is we were down 14 points in the fourth quarter and we came back to tie the game. This team has a lot of fight and they're not giving up, which you got to take that for something. Now we had two injuries. We actually got out of this week pretty healthy. Akilo which I talked about giving himself a concussion and then Asa Jackson on special teams hurt his hamstring. Hopefully they'll be all right, but that's it. Now with the NFL is left with three winless teams and yay your 49ers are a part of them. It's us, the Giants, and the Browns. Isn't that just wonderful company to be in? Um, I will say this. Um, I do think we are the best of those three teams, and I think that our future is the brightest of those three teams as well. Um, so that's great, and we even get to play the Giants later on in the year. So keep that in mind. Uh, if you're one of those people that's fighting, yay, let's you know be terrible for draft position, all that stuff, I guess that's good for you. I mean, the odds of us making the playoffs are basically less than probably 5%, but we're not making the playoffs, but I still want to win games. I'm not a person that wants to tank for the draft. Um, I love the draft more than any person I've ever met in in my life, but I want to win games. I am just too damn competitive. Now, next week, oh boy, it is the Kirk Cousins Bowl. We will fly all the way to Washington because the NFL loves to make us play on the road Time and time and time again. Um, We have an early kickoff, and we're playing at Washington. This is going to be an absolute great game for so many reasons. And I expect Kirk Cousins to throw for 500 yards. Washington's coming off of a bye week. Great. Um, Basically, this is just the biggest trap game that we could possibly have. I don't say it's a trap game. It's not set up in our favor at all. And it doesn't get much better. We got at Redskins. Then we got the Cowboys. Then we got at the Eagles. So it's going to be a rough stretch. Um, This was probably at the Colts was one of our most winnable games uh, on our schedule, especially with Andrew Luck out. So we'll see. Hang in there, Faithful. It's going to be rough. Also, quick side note, if you're into fantasy football, um, I do do another fantasy football podcast. It's called the Fantasy Football with a question mark. Think Ron Burgundy. Uh, Hit subscribe to that. And I lost a fantasy bet this week, and I have to do a poetry slam fantasy football style. So if you want to laugh at my expense, uh, I will be putting that video up on my Twitter feed. That's JL underscore Chapman, JL underscore C-H-A-P-M-A-N. Stay strong, faithful, and we'll be back at you next week. And hopefully we will get this Niners win. Yeah. Ever elusive first win of the season in week six. Take care, faithful.